Are you prepared for Christmas? It's what I asked all the kids as they left on Friday uh, from school. Are you prepared for Christmas? Are you ready? And I received a resounding yes from every single one of those kids. But are you prepared? Maybe you're sitting there thinking, well, my decorations are up outside, inside the tree is lit, uh, Christmas music has been playing for weeks, I'm prepared. But are you prepared for Christmas? Well, I, you've bought all your gifts, you've checked the list, not once, but twice. Everyone has a gift, they're all wrapped and maybe even put under the tree already. Great. But are you prepared for Christmas? Well, you know the plans, you know the agenda for Christmas Day, you know who's bringing what, you know what you're making, you know what's going to be happening on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day. Great, but are you prepared for Christmas? Well, your plane tickets are purchased, you're packed, you're, you're ready to travel. Great, but are you prepared for Christmas? And now you're sitting there thinking, oh, I know what he's going for. Yes, I know that Christmas Eve service is at 6 o'clock. It's a candlelight service. I should invite my friends. I know all that. Yes, I'm Great, but are you prepared for Christmas? By now you're thinking one of two things. One, you're wondering, am, am I prepared for Christmas? Because I'm not... He just listed everything to be prepared for Christmas, and if that's not it, what... Am I prepared? Or number two, you're thinking, man, Pastor Stephen just really wants to be annoying this morning. <laughs> Are you prepared for Christmas? Christmas preparation is more than just outward circumstances to be prepared for. And that's what we hear in Mark chapter 1 this morning. God wants us to be prepared to receive the King. How do we do that? You see, God is so gracious that He not only has promised a king, He not only promised the Savior from the time Adam and Eve found the sin, but He wanted to make sure that we didn't miss Him. And so He promised 700 years before Jesus came into the world, He promised a forerunner, someone to go before Him, before the Lord, to prepare the hearts of the people. And that's what we see as we turn to Mark chapter 1 this morning. Mark is one of those four books of the Bible that we call the Gospels. They're, they're the biographies of Jesus, of his life, death, and resurrection. And in Mark chapter 1, uh, Mark starts differently than every other Gospel. Mark starts when Jesus is already 30 years old. And his relative John the Baptist is on the scene preparing the hearts of people. Here's what we're told. Mark, cha or, uh, Mark chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Mark is talking about John the Baptist and he's saying this long forerunner that God had promised, the one to go before the Lord, is John. And he's here. And he's fulfilling Isaiah. And Isaiah's prophecy 
says that God, talking to the Lord, says, I will send my messenger ahead of you to prepare your way. He will go and he will say, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. What in the world are they talking about? In these days, kings traveled by foot or by horse. And so as a king was approaching a city, he would send a messenger ahead of him to have that city prepare the way for the king. They would go out to their roads, to their streets, and they would fill in the potholes. If there was a hill, they would level the hill. If it was a windy road, they would make it straight. If there was brush hanging over the, the path, they would clear it out, make straight, make the paths straight for the coming king. And God takes something that they did earthly, and they said, and he said, I'm going to apply it to my son, to my king. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight the paths for him. Mark wasn't talking about, and John wasn't talking about making your driveway straight or your sidewalk straight. He's talking about making the path to our hearts straight. And as we prepare for Christmas, is the path to your heart straight? Or are there potholes? Brush hanging over? Is it windy? Are there hills? Are you prepared for Christmas? Are the paths to your heart straight and ready to receive the King? Christmas has so much preparation that goes into it, from lights to gifts to dinner to parties, and all of those are good things. They're not bad. But all that preparation we put in, do we stop to prepare our hearts for the King? How do we do that? That's what John wanted to make the people realize and understand. He wants them to understand how to prepare your hearts for the coming King. And so here's what he did. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John was out in the wilderness preaching God's word. And he, what did he preach? A message of repentance. Repent. Change your ways. Repentance is this. It's, I'm walking this way, and then I have a change of mind, and I want to go this way. That's repentance. I'm walking in sin. I'm, I'm living sinfully. Oh, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm sorry. I want to go this way. That's repentance. It's a change of attitude. It's a change of mind. And John says, repent. And the people did. And then he baptized them just like Mackenzie and CJ today, for the forgiveness of their sins. And notice what all the people did. They came out and they confessed their sins. Confessed their sins. To prepare our hearts for Christmas, we have to be honest about sin. That's your first point today. If, if, to prepare for Christmas, we prepare for Christmas by being honest about our sin. That's what the people were doing. They were coming out. They weren't making excuses. They weren't justifying themselves. They didn't hear John's message and say, well, they did this. That's why I did this. They didn't deflect. They came out and said, no, 
I've sinned. And I'm going to be honest about it. And I'm going to confess my sin. No excuses. Here it is. And they confessed their sins. We prepare for Christmas by sitting and reflecting on our hearts and reflecting of all of the potholes, all of the windy roads, all of the hills, all of the sins in our lives, and we confess them. That's how we prepare for Christmas. Do you know what the problem is? We don't exactly like being honest about sin. It's what a principal found out. The principal was walking to the school one day when he looked into the library window and he saw a little kindergarten girl sitting there reading a book. And so he decided to go in and he sat down next to her to see what she was reading. She was reading a book, but it, it was really a, a book with all pictures. And so the principal said, well, what's that? Well, that's a truck. What's that? That's a house. And pretty soon the girl was just going, page after page. That's a boy, that's a girl, that's grass, that's a fence. And she's flipping through the pages and she gets to a picture of a hatchet. And she goes, and that's a hammer. And she turns the page. And the principal said nothing. But the problem for the girl was the very next page was a picture of a hammer. And so as she turns the page and sees the hammer, she all of a sudden realizes her mistake. She turns back and looks at the hatchet, turns back and looks at the hammer, and then she looks her sweet little eyes up to the principal and says in a sweet little voice, you know, this is a library and we're really not supposed to be talking in here. <laughs> and she closes the book. Instead of saying, oops, I made a mistake, she shut down the conversation. How often aren't we like that when it comes to searching our hearts and confessing our sins and being honest when we have sinned? We tend to be like that little girl, don't we? We make excuses. We shut down the conversation. We, we turn a blind eye. We don't want to talk and be open and honest about our sin. And yet, John prepared the people's hearts for the coming Lord. How? By preaching repentance. And how did the people get ready for the Lord? Confessing their sins. Being open and honest about what they are struggling with. And so what are the potholes on the path for the Lord to your heart today? Is it worldliness? Getting caught up in all the externals of the world? Getting caught up in, in the appearances of things and keeping up with the Joneses? Is it pride? I'll believe the Bible as long as I can reason what it's saying. As long as I can make sense of what the Bible is saying, I'll believe it. Is it self-righteousness? We think our standing with God is good because of our performance, because we've done X, Y, and Z, because we're morally better than those people down the street. Is it discontentment with what God has given us in our life or what He hasn't given us in our life? Is it caught up in a sinful lifestyle that we know God says is wrong, but we like doing it anyways? Is it complacency in our relationship with Him? Apathy. I know who God is. I know what Jesus has done for me. And I know it. 
I don't need to study the Word. I don't need to be in church on Sunday. I know it. What is it that we have to sit and be honest about? What do you have to confess today before the Lord? We prepare our hearts for Christmas, for the coming of the Lord by stopping and reflecting and confessing those sins and being open and honest. Because when we do, then we're in a position where our eyes are looking for a Savior. And that's what the people were doing with John. Here's what we're told. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. John was a pretty eccentric guy. Living out in the wilderness, he probably had crazy hair, unkept. Uh, He wore clothing made of camel's hair. He had a leather belt around his waist. Uh, Instead of eating sugar cookies and gingerbread cookies, he ate wild honey and locusts. Instead of singing jingle bells and have yourself a Merry Christmas, uh, he was preaching God's Word. Instead of giving gifts of toys to children and and presents and electronics for adults, uh, he gave them the gift of pointing their eyes to their Savior. Because when the people came and John preached the message of repentance and they confessed their sins, they're at a position where they, they look and they say, I need help. And it can't come from me. It has to come from out there. And so where do their eyes turn? To John. And John says, no, no, no. Don't turn your eyes to me. One more powerful than I is coming. The straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. And he says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Some people look at that and think that there's a difference between John's baptism and Jesus's, but that's not what John's comparing John's comparing himself to Jesus. He says, no, no, hang on. I'm simply a man that baptizes with water, just like I baptized CJ and Mackenzie today. We don't have the power. We just pour water overhead. But Jesus is different. The one coming baptizes with the Holy Spirit. He is the one who makes this, this baptism work. He is the one who makes this baptism effective granting forgiveness of sins. He is the one who brings salvation. Point your eyes to Him. So we first prepare our hearts by confessing our sins, and then we prepare for Christmas by looking to Him who brings us salvation. Just like the people looked to to John for salvation, and he had to redirect their eyes, there are so much in the Christmas season that, is, that our eyes go to for hope and for peace. Especially when we get to a point where we confess our sins and we're open and honest about it, we are looking for someone to justify us or something to give us hope and peace. And yet, the same truth for those people is the same truth for us today. Point our eyes to the one who brings salvation, to Jesus, the one born at Christmas, who was born for one purpose, and that was to bring you 
salvation, announcing to you that your sins are forgiven, not because of how great you are, but because this child was born to live, die, and rise for us. He is the one who brings us salvation. He is the one who brings us into a great standing with God. He is the one who has the power to announce to you in your baptism that you are clothed in His robes of righteousness so that your sins are completely covered. He is the one who announces to you that your sins are forgiven as that water washes over your head. He is the one who has the power to grant you the Holy Spirit who works faith in Jesus as your Savior and strengthens it as you hear the Word of God over and over again. He is the one who came into the world to grant you the forgiveness of all of the sins that are in the path blocking Him. He comes and He fills it. He comes, He levels it. He comes and He announces to you your salvation that has been won at the cross. He is the one our eyes look to. And so this Christmas, as you prepare your hearts, as you come and you confess your sins, look to Jesus. He is the one who fills that hole in your heart, that that desire, I need to be justified, I I need hope, I need help, I need peace. He is that one. And so between now and Christmas, take five to ten minutes a day and sit and confess your sins. Confess your sins to God. And then look to Jesus. He's coming to you at Christmas once again, born in a manger, to grant you salvation. And it is yours, because this child is born. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests, and His favor rests on you, because of His Son born at Christmas. And so you're at peace once again today. With our hearts prepared, We're ready for Christmas Eve, ready to welcome our Savior once again. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank You that uh, You sent Your forerunner ahead of You to prepare not only the hearts of uh, the people then, but also our hearts now. Uh, There's so much in our lives that that gets in the way of our relationship with You. And uh, the first thing first is our sin. Uh, We want to be justified. We want to be declared innocent. We don't like to be open and honest about our mistakes and our failures because it makes us feel bad and and look bad. Uh, We're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of being vulnerable. But we don't have to worry about that with you because you were born for that very reason, to take away our sin. And so as we prepare for Christmas, help us to be open and honest because as we're honest about our sin, you are honest about the forgiveness that you want for us at the cross payment for each and every one of those sins. We can't wait to welcome you on Christmas Eve, our Savior born once again. We ask your blessings on our our Christmas preparation. Prepare our hearts to receive you. In your name we pray. Amen. Part of tradition in Christian worship is saying a, a creed.